Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Soul Talk podcast. You know, we've had some amazing guests from, you know, different disciplines, different industries, different walks of life. And uh, I'm very excited to introduce you to uh, someone I mean, dare I say it, I'm going to say it, I think a, a very special human being, um, been a beautiful, beautiful blessing in my life. Um, he is, how should we say, he's the best-selling author of personal development books in Japan. Uh, as you know, Japan, my mother's from Japan, so Japan has a special connection. He's sold, check this, more than, who knows, every, every day it goes up, but more than 7 million books since I think it's 2001. Um, uh, he's managed uh, and owned several businesses uh, and his writing bridges the topics from finance and self-help and creating, generating personal wealth, happiness, self-discovery. Um, and I met him because I'm a part of the Transformational Leadership Council. And uh, when I saw him there, we spoke a little Japanese. He claims my Japanese is pretty good. Uh, it's a little rusty. But I had the beautiful opportunity about a year ago to go speak at one of his events. And, you know, he's such, for what he's achieved and created, he's such a, a generous heart and deeply, profoundly humble and kind. And it was so clear because in his audience, uh, people just revered him and loved him. And you could see why. I think one of the greatest things, too, was I actually gifted my mother two of his books in Japanese. My mother, who some of you know, passed away. And before she passed, the year that she was, uh, she had cancer, she was reading his books and she said, I really understand what, you know, she thought that Ken was just a, a money guru, but when she read his book, she, she really said, I really understand why he's become so successful because he helps people with so much more than just money. It's, it's, it's life and fulfillment. And so I think that was a huge compliment. I'm really excited to welcome to the conversation today, the amazing Ken Honda. Ken, welcome. Thank you, Kurt. I'm so excited to be here, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And, you know, just for those of you, as you're tuning in, Ken has an amazing book that is just out being released now with Simon Schuster, Happy Money. Happy, I mean, just saying that book makes me happy. The Japanese art of making peace with your money, people say kind of like, you know, what Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing you know, magic, the life-changing magic of tidying up that, that what it did for the living space, Ken's book, Happy Money, will do for your wallet. So uh, <laughs> it's an amazing yeah. book. I loved it, Ken. Great to have you. Yeah, thank you. Know, you. For those that, you know, I know you've mainly been in the Japanese sort of forum and space and you're big in Japan and now you're, you know, expanding to the West, expanding to America. It's exciting. We're excited to have you here. Um, for those that may not know a bit of your story, I'm always curious to share and understand how people 
you know, began? How, how did you... How did you get into the, the field of writing and helping people with money, writing books on money and life and fulfillment and purpose? And, you know, was your background always spiritual? Was it was, was there always a sort of self-help background? I mean, how did that transition happen? And I think you were, from what I recall, you were, you grew up with your father was an accountant, if I'm recalling correctly. Like, yeah. Tell me a bit uh-huh. about the, your, your story. Yeah, I was, uh, um, thank you for asking. I grew up in a uh, family. My father was a very successful accountant. And then I wanted to succeed to his business. And later on, I wanted to become a politician to change the world. But uh, I, I, instead, I made um, my money in my 20s through accounting, consulting, investing. And when I was 29, we, uh, my wife and I found out uh, that she's pregnant with my baby girl, now she's 21. And so we decided to take a few months off. And that few months to, uh, went to a year, two years, and we ended up spending four years for the baby girl. And during the semi-retirement, about probably two, three years into uh, semi-retirement, I had this vision that uh, I was gonna write a book. And then I couldn't believe that because I, I didn't have any education in writing or I have no background, but this uh, vision kept coming uh, back to me. So one day I sat down with my, uh, in front of my computer and I wrote a few pages of essay and it started giving away. My friends loved it. And then I um, started writing more and my friends loved it. And I made a booklet out of it. And then the booklet, uh, I self-published my booklet and that booklet was so popular. And the publisher called me uh, after about a few months and they wanted to, uh, they wanted me to write a book. And I did. Uh, And after that, I've been publishing uh, a book in every two months. That's 18 years ago. Every two months, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. That's incredible. And this is since 2001, is that correct? Yes. And my original wow. work is about 50-something, but uh, the, uh, the paperback, and uh, I also do a translation. I translated for Anthony Robbins, Dr. Martini, and uh, all the interesting, you know, uh, prominent authors uh, from the West. Mm-hmm. So I, I translate them from English to Japanese. So I have about 140 some books in the market. Wow. Folks, I hope you heard 140 some books. That, that's, it's, it's crazy. That's, that's, it's yeah. unfathomable. You know, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. That's, 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 I'm, I'm just digesting that. You know, I mean, I thought it was maybe 30 books you had out, 40 books. <laughs> that's, in, that's, in, that's, in, that's incredible. So did you, like, yeah. did you, did you, as you look, as you're where you are now, obviously very successful in Japan, did you, mm-hmm. did you have a sense it was going to be this successful? And did you, did you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sell seven, eight million books, 10 million, you know, however many millions of books. You saw it, you knew it, you sensed it. Did you, did you have an idea? Did you have a sense? Or did you just, 
I mean, obviously, it sounds like you just started sharing your yeah, um, work. You know, my my vision was so strong at the time. Um, I had this strong vision that my books is uh, are going to transform the uh, many people's lives, which they mm. did along the way. So when I had the first meeting with the publisher, I said, I'm going to publish 10 million books and I want to do the first meeting with you. So the publisher uh, <laughs> CEO was laughing so hard for a couple of minutes. And after cracking up, he said, do you know anything about publishing business? And I said, no, nothing. And he thought, he said, I thought so. <laughs> but he liked my idea and my boldness. So he printed something like 20,000 copies. At the time, that mm. was a big risk for the com small company. But it mm. took off. It became a national bestseller. And after that, I, I published a few books with them. And uh, the fourth book became even a bigger uh, bestseller, which sold about a million copies later on. And, wow. and after that, I've been publishing on the field of uh, uh, happiness, money, how to find your gifts, how to follow your heart, how to create a career out of what you love, and how to make uh, money, how to uh, achieve financial independence by doing what you love. So. Uh, all the books are in this area. Wow. Well, I, have, I have so many questions for you, but I want to just, I want to just start with, you know, the money topic. And I know I have some questions on purpose because I think they're all connected. Yes. And so uh -huh. you, you, you've come up with this great book on money. I read it. It's awesome, simple, practical, full of value, happy money. Mm -hmm. Now, yes. what do you mean? What do you mean? Happy, what do you mean, Ken? Happy money. Like, how is money happy? Because so many people have so much pain, fear, unhappiness mm -hmm. when they think about money. Mm -hmm. And so what do you mean, happy money? Yeah. You know, when you take a close look at money, there are two kinds of money in the world, happy money and unhappy money. And happy money is money that keeps you smile when you receive it and gives you joy when you spend it. That's happy money. Whereas unhappy money is money that gives you frustration when you receive it and gives you guilt and despair when you spend it. And 95% uh, of us are in the flow of unhappy money. And I got this idea uh, when I met uh, this Japanese woman at the party. She said to me, uh, can I take a look at your wallet? And uh, in Japan, uh, people want to the, uh, what kind of wallet a celebrity has. Is that a big one, small one? You know, it's kind of a cultural thing. So I said, okay, as long as you give it back to me. And she said, okay, thank you. And she uh, took my wallet and she took all the bills out. And I got very curious when she was counting something and then checking my bill. And after she checked my uh, wallet, she gave it back to me and said, Ken, you're good to go. All your money are smiling. So that means uh, you must have done something great to make everybody happy and receive money. And on the other hand, uh, if you're doing uh, the, the work you don't like, or if you're taking advantage of other people and receive money, your money is crying or angry in your wallet. 
And then, wow, you know, I, even though I can't see them, I kind of picture some of my friends have happy money, smiling money, and other friends, they must be uh, crying in their wallet. You know, uh, even though you can't see, uh, you can uh, imagine a few friends who have happy money and unhappy money, right? Mm, yeah, that, that's an interesting idea, money being happy yeah. and unhappy. Yeah. Mm. Mm, got it. So you mentioned like, yeah, if someone is, let's say, you know, they're doing work they don't like and they're receiving money for doing, like, I know so many people can do, they're doing things yeah. that they hate. Like, I hate this job and ah, I hate what I do and I hate my clients. And so <laughs> let's just say someone listen, listening is, yeah. you know, they, they're in a job they hate, but they feel like they, you know, I mean, we, they, they have to do this job because, they've they got to pay the bills, you know, they've got five kids, they've got three children, they have responsibility, yeah. they've got to take care of their parents. And so they, at least they feel like they mm-hmm. don't have a choice. And so, yeah. and, they're, and they're hating it. And, and, and what advice could you, what would you say to someone who's in that position where they maybe, they hate what they do, they don't feel like they have a choice. Uh-huh. Now I'm hearing you say that their money is crying. What do they do? <laughs> yeah, you know, there's always a choice. So the start, uh-huh. uh, first step to start with is thank your money. When the money comes in, appreciate the money coming in because somebody chose you, uh, your client, your boss, or somebody chose you to give the money to you. It's a precious thing. So you can appreciate about money. And, it, uh, you know, even if it's the same situation, you have to have, uh, you have to feed three kids, uh, the money that somebody gave you is happy money. So instead of being frustrated with how little money you make, you can appreciate, wow, thank, thank you. And then you can thank somebody who gave it, gave, handed the money to you or the company that you're working for. And instead of being uh, frustrated and complaining about the money you made, you can say, thank you. I'm so grateful that I received money. And when you pay bills, you can also appreciate about the money you're spending because in exchange for the money you're giving out, you're getting something in return, either services or uh, goods. You went to a restaurant, you bought a, a furniture, clothes, whatever that is you you are exchanging your money with for. So there are reasons that you can appreciate for. So if you start appreciating the money coming in and money going out, you'll start this cycle of appreciation in the same situation, three kids, but instead of being frustrated with making both ends meet, you can feel so gratitude. Wow, you know, somebody gave money to me. That's why I can feed these three kids. That's amazing. So and I'm so happy to pay the bills because somebody else did great service to me. And that's happy money. So once you start doing that, you know, you, you cannot... Focus on money worries because my mentor, Wahei Takeda, who's called Warren Buffett of Japan, a wealthiest man in Japan, once told me, you cannot, uh, human mind cannot focus on worrying and also thanking, appreciating at the same time. Wow. So if you wow. focus on appreciation about the money, you cannot worry at the same time. That's a trick. Mm-hmm. So thanking your money. Like thanking yes. money. 
like saying it, mm-hmm. I mean, do you, I mean, this might sound technical, but do you, do you actually hold the money? Do you hold your, if you have money, you hold your wallet or you're just visualizing just so people can do it. Are they visualizing where it's coming from? Yeah. Blessing it? Is that kind of how it's done? You can do whatever you want, you know, since it's a credit card, you know, maybe it's the numbers mm-hmm. or if you hold the money or the credit card, you just thank the money, thank the energy because appreciation opens a door for a new abundance. Mm. Mm. Thank you, money. Beautiful. I love that. Such a simple <laughs> mantra, everyone. Yeah, and listening it in. It, <laughs> the good news is it doesn't cost anything. You just say, That's right. money. you know, <laughs> thank the money. And then this uh, works wonders for you because once you focus on appreciation, you feel good about yourself and the money you're making, you're receiving, you're spending. And that way, you feel so relaxed about money and uh, money worries and the tension around money will be gone. And then all the money you deal with, it becomes happy money. And once you're in the flow yeah. of happy money, everything uh, becomes different. Uh, there is uh, one, one student uh, who uh, she is working as a secretary. She got this idea of thanking the money. She was working for uh, this boss. And instead of being complaining about uh, the job situation and the salary, she started appreciating her boss for thanking him mm. to give her the job. And amazingly, a few weeks later, she got a raise. She didn't do anything, but her attitude of appreciation somehow moved her boss to uh, give her a raise. So appreciation invites uh, another appreciation. That's the law of life. So, uh, you know, uh, appreciating money sounds like a bizarre idea, but it works. And it's simple, too. Yes. Yeah. I love that you say it doesn't cost anything more to... To be appreciative and thank money. So yeah. It's free. Worrying, <laughs> worrying doesn't, you know, um, take you anywhere. If you um, worry about money and receive more money, you might, you might as well do it. But it, it doesn't take yes. you anywhere. Yes. In your studies, Ken, in what, what, you know, you said your father was, you know, an accountant. You were in that field. You run businesses. And you studied money, wealth creation, abundance, mindset. Um, yeah. What have you observed or, or what can you share that you've seen in any uh, fundamental uh, common denominators that you see block people or consistently block people from making money, from having money, from experiencing wealth? What are, what are some of the, the enemies to, to, to having money that you see uh, that you've commonly seen over the last 20, 30 years of your life. Yeah. You know, there are two kinds of people, uh, people who trying to get always, uh, who are trying to get always the best, uh, best deal, and the uh, oh. people who are generous all the time. It, just mm-hmm. imagine there are two business people. One is trying to, you know, uh, make the best deal out of you, and the other one is so generous and fair. Who do you want to work with in the long run? The people mm. who are just giving the good deal or being generous for you, you want to work with those people, right? So the people mm. who try to get always the best deal, 
loses at the end in the long run because nobody wants to do business with them. So if you, gotcha. um, yeah, if you take a look at life, people want to work with nice people, generous people, and they respect uh, fun-loving people. And so uh, a lot of people want to be shrewd. You know, they try to cut down the cost, try to negotiate. But those people are not well-respected. And, and they feel like uh, uh, you're being taken advantage of these people. So they don't like you. So think of the florist, for example, in your town. One florist, she loves what she likes and she, she loves what she does. I'm trying to give you more flowers, you know, because it might go bad in the store. So, and, and she gives you always uh, an extra rose of, flo uh, of flower. And the other florists try to cut down the cost, try to, you know, um, give you the cheap flowers. And, and then mm. uh, she doesn't like the job. Which florist do you want to go to? Mm. So, you know, in yeah, the short run, uh, you know, the, the second one may make some money because she's cut down the cost. But think about it. Uh, people don't want to be uh, regarded as a cost. So I think in the long run, people with generous attitude would win. Gotcha. Got it. Are there any more money blocks that you see? So, so because that sounds like being in scarce, you know, someone who's maybe being in scarcity. Are there any more, yeah. any other or yeah. beliefs yeah. or misconceptions yeah. that you see that block and money? Even though you're generous people, sometimes uh, you have a hard time receiving. You know, mm. we're so super good at giving, but we, we're stuck at uh, receiving. So uh, even generous people have a hard time receiving. So receiving well is also another trait that happy people do. So uh, because receiving completes the cycle of giving, unless somebody receives, somebody cannot complete the process of giving. So there's a giver and the receiver. So um, next time you receive something, receive with grace. If you do that, that gives that the other person a, a big joy. So learning, learning to receive. Are there any things we can do inside? Because sometimes it can be hard, you know. I know it's, for me it's just easier to give, and I think a lot of people sometimes it can be a little vulnerable to, to receive. Is there anything... Right. Those listening in can do to cultivate that receptivity within themselves that you found become yeah. graceful in that. Yeah. And also a trust is another big thing to let the happy money flow. We have a hard time mm -hmm. trusting of life, flow of money, flow of everything. Uh, and that's why we tend to attach to on something that we have. But if you think, uh, uh, think of health, uh, we're almost living like we eat so much, but we don't go to the bathroom and try to hold on to everything. We're not going to release anything, right? It's so unhealthy. So uh, if you want to be healthy, you have to eat well, release well. That flow makes you healthy. So uh, the, if the food is uh, that way, money is the same thing. If you receive money and let go easily and with grace, and that way, people 
enjoy you because the uh, the people who receive your money will buy something, give something, and the money will come back to you. So we're in the constant flow of money. But if we have a hard time trusting, we feel frustration and grudge and guilt when we spend the money. When we let go of money, we feel, feel this funny attachment to money. And if we're stuck mm-hmm. with this money attachment, we cannot enjoy life, you know, because we feel like, ooh, I don't want to let go of this money, you know, and, and a lot of us do. So if we're stuck with this uh, scarcity mentality, uh, we, we, we start worrying about life. Once we let go of this mm-hmm. money, it may not come back. That's uh, not trusting. Yeah. Actually, trust is an interesting one. Is there anything that people can do to cultivate more trust? I mean, it's funny because when, when we look at life, so much of life, right, is, I think, showing us the sun is shining, the moon, the sky, the sun, the earth. Life gives us so much, yet we, we have a hard time to trust. Uh, yeah. Is there anything that those listening can do to cultivate a deeper trust in life? I think that's such an important concept. Yeah. And I, I tell this um, in every interview, uh, but uh, I recommend to detach money from security. Uh, the reason mm-hmm. why you're so afraid of losing money is that money gives us security. So when it comes to worse, uh, we are afraid of losing all the money and then we have uh, no money to pay for the rent, food, and anything. So if that happens, that's like, you know, life and death situation. But it's actually, mm-hmm. actually not. We'll be in a situation with no money. I've interviewed so many millionaires and they've been to this uh, situation with no money, but they didn't die. Worrying about this mm. situation kills you. So instead of trying to hold, hold on to the money, uh, think about it this way. Instead of having money in the bank, you have uh, uh, 50 friends who let you stay uh, for free. So for example, if you run out of money, go to your number one friend and just you know, ask him or her to let you stay for a week. And the second week, third week, and after about 52 weeks, after about a year, you come back to your friend number one, say, long time no see. So that way, without any money, you can keep on going, right? Mm, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, without just trying to um, you know, have money in the bank, have great friends. So they're not going to let you fall. They're going to catch you. They're going to support you if you are willing to ask for help. But we're, as, a, as I said um, before, we are so bad at asking for help. We're so bad at receiving. But once we know how to ask for help, um, willing to receive, uh, there's nothing to be fearful about. And once you're free of this money worry and for the future, we can start doing what we really love. And that's what I want to teach mm-hmm. too. Uh, even though I teach about money and happiness, uh, what I truly want to um, teach is how to follow your heart. But to do that, you have to be free from money somewhat. You don't have to be a millionaire, but you have to detach all the feelings, negative feelings around money. Otherwise, you get stuck in this limitation. 
and you're afraid of um, making a change because you cannot make a living if you start doing what you love. Mm, gotcha. You know, I have a, I have a question. I think, well, first, yes. actually, how does someone can, because obviously, clearly, you're doing what you love. I mean, you write a book every two months, and you have to love it, and it's clear that you love it. Um, I often see you taking notes, you know, I imagine in your, you know, when I'm, whenever we're at TLC, probably coming up with ideas for another book, you know, and, and, and so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, how, like, like, a lot of folks, sometimes say to me, I don't know what I love. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what my purpose is. I, uh-huh. what, what have you found? What guidance can you give to those that, you know, they, they sense they're here for something, but they don't know what it is or they don't have an idea of what they like. How can someone find their love or their purpose in life? Yeah, uh, actually, I've written more than 10 books on this subject introduce you some of the uh, very easy ways to find what you love. Uh, there must be something that you spend a lot of time, a lot of money uh, in everyday life. If you love reading, <clears throat> something to do with a book uh, is your calling. If you love to attend seminars, uh, learn about new materials, and that, <clears throat> your life, that could be your life work. If you enjoy cooking, if you, go to, if you love going to restaurants, that could be your passion. If you love traveling, if you, if you love chatting, uh, that's your passion. One of my friends mm-hmm. is a very well-known uh, astrologer. When she was mm-hmm. in high school, uh, a lot of girls um, call her uh, to ask uh, for advice about a uh, boyfriend. And <laughs> later on, in her early 20s, uh, her phone is always busy because somebody is uh, chatting with her. And she never thought of becoming uh, an astrologer. But after uh, studying astrologer, uh, astrology, she became a counselor. And she's one of the most mm. popular ones. In order to ask for her for counseling, you have to wait for 15 months. Wow. But she found that counseling about love is her passion. So uh, mm. it's something that you're doing without thinking about it. It's so natural for you. So if, you, uh, if your friends keep uh, asking for advice, you may be good at coaching, counseling, consulting. And if, you, if, if people ask you about uh, introducing some other people, you, you are good at connecting people, you know. So uh, there must be something you're good at, but you don't know because it comes so naturally to you. If you take a look at uh, your, uh, your life closely, there are multiple of gifts that you're not aware of, and then you'll be amazed how many gifts you have. And they, uh, those uh, combination of gifts will uh, uplift your life and start bringing money to you. Mm. Uh, okay, so, so I think it's, it's right on in terms of you know, look, looking at your life, looking at what you love, looking at where you spend your time, your energy, your money, you know, what, what makes us most alive. I do hear sometimes can people say, I followed my love. You know, I followed, I'm sure you've gotten this question too, Ken. I followed my love. I followed my passion mm-hmm. to do this thing, you know, to, to follow this, this, this idea, this dream, this concept. And, and I think there's a lot of people that might feel like, but I'm, 
not making any money at it. You know, I'm following my mm-hmm. love, but I'm not, I'm broke. I'm, I can't pay bills doing that thing, or I haven't been able to translate my love into paying the bills and making money. And yeah. uh, what, what's your advice there in terms of, you know, because I know a lot of people who are in that situation, practically, yes. they yes, can't exactly. quite make the two connect. Mm-hmm. What's the secret for example, there? For example, if you love singing, if uh, other people don't like your singing, you cannot make any money. If you love surfing, uh, but if you're not um, super good and become professional surf- surfer, you're going to make yes. a living. So mm-hmm. most of the gifts don't make you any money with the, uh, only one single gift alone. You have to multiply the gift. Uh, for example, uh, I, I always talk about an insurance uh, salesman uh, who loves dogs, and dogs love him. Mm. You know, uh, there are those people, uh, you may have some friends, uh, when they're uh, walking their dogs, and, uh, <clears throat> you just go to the dog and hug, and the dogs also hug you, you know, mutual love. So, and he was like that. One time, while he was uh, making a cold call to uh, somebody's house, and he said, uh, beware of dog." And then German, big, big German shepherd was there and he wasn't barking at him. You know, he was so happy to see this guy because, you know, dogs somehow know uh, who loves dogs. Mm-hmm. And, and it, the, the feeling is mutual. And this old lady came out and said she was super surprised because this German shepherd barks at every single person who visits uh, uh, his house. And then she invited this uh, insurance sales guy in because she thought he must be a nice guy uh, because uh, the German shepherd doesn't bark. It doesn't happen. Mm. And then uh, later on, she became the, um, uh, his client. And then she, went, he was, she was introducing everybody in the neighborhood. So mm. even though he, he was not a good salesperson, he loves dogs. Dogs love him. That single gift, combined with insurance salesperson, he became the top insurance salesperson. And later on, he formed a group of dog lovers. So uh, oh. he's in heaven because he walks the dog, he talks about the dogs, he hangs around, do barbecues with dog lovers, and then a lot of people introduce new clients to him. So, oh, right. you know, yeah, right. yeah, if you love singing, try to become a singer, it sucks, and then you go broke. That's like a regular story. Mm-hmm. But if you combine many gifts, you can make a living out of it. Got it. So the key is combining your gifts. It may not just be like you're going to be a singer like Madonna, but it might be, right. you know, helping people in some way, connecting a dog, yeah. starting a club. Yeah. It may not be the exact form that you... So maybe don't get attached to the phone. Right. And also the reason why I'm uh, recommending people to follow their heart is it always opens a new door. Uh, let me give you uh-huh. another example. Uh, a student of mine went, uh, found out that uh, he, he loves cooking. And uh, he, he, he took a cooking lesson, you know, uh, not to become a chef professionally, but he loves cooking, but he hasn't done cooking. So 
he wanted to explore his cooking uh, um, field. And after uh, taking a few lessons, he became very close to one of them, uh, one of the students, and they became business partner. Uh, they started uh, a company which grew to be a, a big company. So uh, by following what he ex- what he was excited about, which was cooking, uh, but he wasn't becoming a professional chef. But that door yeah. opens to the next level and meet his business partner. And he ended up uh, doing business with him. So cooking had nothing to do with him, but it opened the door. I have many stories like this. So that's why I would wow. recommend, uh, you know, just running happy money at the same time yes. doing what you love. These two combinations transform your life incredibly. I have thousands of testimonials like this. And it doesn't cost you anything. You know, it's just a shift in your mindset. Yes. Following your joy. I love it. Following your heart, folks. Ken with Ken Hunter here, author of Happy Money, new book, amazing new book. Uh, Following your heart. I love it. You never know where it will lead you. Beautiful. Yes. And I think that's what we're talking about too, right? Mm, mm, I love it. You know, as, as you launch your book, Happy Money, the Japanese art making peace with your money, um, and obviously sharing way more than money in terms of achieving peace of mind and living living the life you love. I think I've seen what often stops people from sharing their gifts with the world, following what they love. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes is often because of let's say fear of oh what will my parents think what will people think Kim what will what will what will you know my community think if I put this out so I think sometimes maybe those people here that want to write books but they're afraid of putting mm-hmm. themselves out there you've written a hundred and forty some books and so I'm curious for you how mm-hmm. you dealt with maybe you haven't but how you dealt with the fear of mm-hmm. putting yourself <clears throat> out there on stage as an author, your new book, Happy Money. And is, is there a fear of, you know, did you ever fe- face a fear of what will people think? And, and this kind of, you know, wanting people's validation. And, and so how does someone move beyond wanting some external validation and kind of this courage to stand in, this is who I am, this is my product, this is my book, this is uh-huh. my gift, this is my voice. What have you found yeah. that can maybe help people? You know, let me share how I started uh, right, my writing career. It was very modest. Yes. You know, after, the, uh, after I received this inspiration to become an author, I went to a bookstore. That's the only thing I could think of. And I went to a book bookstore and just looked for uh, a section. And I found a book, I remember, remember the title, How to Become an Author. And there was a quiz in the book. Uh, there are like 20 questions, like uh, when you were small, did you like books? Did you read all the you know, uh, famous authors' books? And can you name five author uh, book titles? And all those 20 questions, I couldn't answer any of them. So the probability of my becoming an author is zero. And I got disappointed, you know, like I, oh, I have no future. So my 
dream of becoming an author, uh, the, the dream ended in five minutes after reading the book. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later I found out that there are so many disappointments in the, uh, on the road, you know, to, to your dream. So you have to be prepared for all the disappointments coming along because uh, you will be bumping into a belief system. It's not good enough. Um, nobody's going to like it. And all those things will be there. And I thought, you know, my writing uh, sucks. I, it doesn't really make sense. And people are not going to probably read. Of course, I'm shadowed by those doubts. But the reason I didn't stop is I had too much curiosity. What if people like it? What if some people like it? What if there's even one person who, who says it's great? You know, or what if there's one person who gets benefit off of reading my book? And I got curious, and I, and I couldn't stop the curiosity. So instead of be, taking uh, uh, my courage and stand up, I got so curious. So uh, talking about courage, uh, to, to do what you love to do, you don't need any courage. Because once you're too curious about something, uh, for, uh, for example, if you want to go for the swing, kids don't need courage to go there. They run for mm-hmm. it after seeing it. And when you, um, when your girlfriend, boyfriend walks, it, walks into a room, you don't need any courage to stand up from the chair. You just, yes. you just stand up without knowing it. So if you have enough passion and courage built up, you don't need any courage. It's, a, it's an automatic mm-hmm. system. So for me, I didn't need any courage to start writing. I was so curious about what's in me uh, because I was not going to um, show it to anybody. So if you want to write a book, there's just a secret. Uh, start writing and uh, in the plan that you're not going to show your writing. So that way you don't have mm. to feel self-conscious about it. You know, it's for you. So just mm. see what's in you. Uh, just let it out, otherwise you can't see. So um, you don't have to be courageous to start doing what you love. Mm, I love it. You don't have to be courageous to start doing what you love. Just just begin. Just start right Yeah. Now, even if it's for yeah. yourself. Uh, yeah, and don't tell anybody that you're writing because you get very self-conscious about it. <laughs> yeah. Just write. So write a book just that nobody reads. Read. Write a book that nobody reads. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. yeah, you one one of the things, when, 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 I, when, I, when I was writing my book, and I, I, again, I don't consider myself a great writer at all, is I, 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 get, I have to give myself permission to really suck, you know, to really be bad. And, and then I just took a little pressure off of myself. And, you know, things like flowing on paper that I still didn't think was very good, but at least, at least it, it got started. You know, you mentioned one thing just now. Um, about on the path of success and pursuing your vision and dream that there will be disappointments you face along the path. I think this is so yeah. true. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sure you face some in your life. And yeah. I'm curious, was there ever a time you felt like giving up? Um, was it just straight success all the way? I'm assuming not. But was there ever a time you felt like, this is too hard? 
you know, I want to give up. And what kept you going through some of the major difficulties or dark moments, challenging moments in your life? What mm-hmm. kept you going? Like, I'm not going to give up. What kept you moving? Mm-hmm. Actually, every day, I want to give up doing this. You know, doing this in English is extremely hard. Mm. As you may know, uh, uh, Japanese is uh, uh, such a different language, grammatically and phonetically. So speaking or writing in a foreign language, I mean, uh, you imagine writing in, in Spanish or French, and if yeah. you're born, born and brought up with it, maybe you can. But if you started studying in high school, it's almost impossible, right? I started studying English mm-hmm. when I was uh, in junior high school. So I'm in your same shoes. You, you're, you start learning French. And that doesn't you know, take you far, to, especially to write a book. So it's uh, such an amazing adventure I'm taking on. So I, I feel like quitting every day. <laughs> what, what makes me, what, what gives me, you know, uh, the, the energy is that what if I quit and, and think about it up in, in 20 years, you know, in my 70s mm-hmm. and 80s, oh, damn, I could have done it, but why did I stop that? I don't want to regret that uh, 20 years after now, uh, from now, mm-hmm. that why did I stop that? So. Uh, it's almost like every day I want to quit, I want to give up. But at the same time, I'm too curious about what's going to happen if I wrote in English, what's going to happen if somebody likes it, what's going to happen if everybody likes it. You know, I'm, I'm too excited. So as, as much as I want to give up, I cannot give up because this is too much fun. So like I'm, I'm in the swing in between. I love it so much and I hate it so much. So, you know, and it just swings every five seconds. Oh, that's cool. That's honest. You know, what I did hear, though, is this theme, Ken, of being curious, which I really love. Like the question you said a few moments ago, too. Like what might happen if everybody likes it? What might happen if it works? What might happen if everyone buys the book? You know, and that's such a great focus. Like we often focus on... (laughs) Well, what will happen if it doesn't work out, if I'm going to be homeless? No, no, what might happen if it's a bestseller? What might, what might happen? Such a great question yeah. and being curious. Right. So, you know, really being curious. so like, you know, two extremes are happening in my head and my heart at the same time, both positive and negative, you know. But um, uh, like I started writing this uh, in English three years ago and uh, Simon Schuster pick, picked it up. And after that, uh, most of European countries and uh, Asian countries and Brazil and Australia and other countries are picking up. So it's going to come out in 40 countries. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So, Amazing. Like, yeah. so my, my what if imagination keeps yeah. expanding. That's amazing, folks. Like, let's be clear. This man, Ken Honda, has, you know, sold 7 million books in Japan. That is no joke. This is his first book in English, Happy Money. So it's, it's, you know, Ken is going into a new territory, expanding, and I'm loving his curiosity. It's just amazing to feel how, you know, you're not allowing yourself to stay stuck in what's comfortable, like the Japanese market, writing in Japanese, and you're right. jumping into a whole new ocean and swimming. And it's yeah. really exciting, folks. Happy money, the Japanese art of making peace with your money.
ケンさん頑張ってね応援してますよ<笑>あ,ありがとう<笑><笑> We're speaking a lot of Japanese. My, my, my dad Japanese.、Uh, I think your English is way better than my Japanese can.、Uh, so oh, yeah. I, will, I, will my, I will practice my Japanese a little bit. So maybe next time we can do the interview in Japanese. And、yeah. that, that will be and,、uh, you know, uh, Listeners of this podcast, Kud was so loved by Japanese people.、Uh, all the Japanese people fell in love with Kud's passion. His family stories and his love. So, one day I want to invite you guys to fly over to Tokyo, Kyoto, and Kut and I are going to do a lot of events together. So,、uh, you're, you're more than you know, welcome to、uh, join us. That, that, will be, that will be lots of fun. That will be lots of fun. Yeah. You know, Ken, you shared, you shared so much today, and thank you for being just so generous. I'm excited about your book. I'm sure the listeners are excited. If there were three, you know, you've shared so much, so some of this might overlap, but I'm curious if you were to review your life and if there were three、uh-huh. key life lessons, the, maybe the most important things you've learned, and you've probably written about it in your books, but if there were, let's say, three of the most important. Life lessons、okay. that you've learned from your life that you want to pass on to the next generation. What would the three things okay. be? Okay. So always、uh, appreciate. It's not,、uh, in this Happy Money book, appreciate your money.、Uh, so appreciation is the key. And the second one is to follow your heart, do what you love. That takes your life to next level. And the third、mm. is trust. Trust is the most important thing you can do. And, the, and worrying and being in fear is the opposite of trust. So if you learn how to trust your life,、um, it's going to change your、uh, life. So、uh, you cannot、uh, do that in two seconds, but you have to learn how to trust yourself, how to trust others, how to trust your future. So those three things I recommend. And、uh, it's a daily practice. Start appreciating that money and, and ask your heart what you want to do. And the third, always keep love, choose love instead of fear. And that will transform your life. Folks, you heard it. The three key wisdoms appreciation, following your heart, and trust from the amazing one and only Ken Honda. Ken, you know, I like, to, I like each、uh, author, everyone I have on each guest, to assign a simple homework. If there's one practical、uh-huh. thing that those、mm-hmm. listening in could right now apply,、mm-hmm. a principle, a concept,、mm-hmm. as a homework assignment, that would make a difference、mm-hmm. right now. I mean, you said different things, it might be something new, but if, if, if there's、uh-huh. homework that you could give,、okay. please assign a homework、okay. to those listening. Sure. Well, next time you worry about money, Instead of worrying, try appreciation. Instead of worrying, oh, can I, can I pay my bills?、Um, just reframe it in your head. I'm, I'm so happy and I so appreciate that I can pay the bill. So, next time you worry about money,、uh, replace it with、uh, appreciation. That's my homework. Enjoy、awesome. it. Hope you heard it. Embrace. It with appreciation whenever you have a money worry. Thank you.、Uh-huh. Appreciation. Focus on the gratitude and appreciation. I love it. Folks, please send me an email, coopblackson at coopblackson.com. 
Let me know your key takeaways from the homework that Ken shared. Let me know your key takeaways from this amazing interview with Ken Honda, author of Happy Money, which is out now. And uh, definitely, look, folks, go get Happy Money. I read it myself. I was blessed to have a, uh, a pre-sale copy. The book is easy to read. It's not one of those books that's going to take you four years and sitting on your shelf. You'll read it literally in a weekend. <laughs> and it yeah. will, there, there are insights in this book, folks, that I think will blow your mind, change your life in a very profound way. Simple, immediately applicable information. And I really can. I loved, loved this book. It was awesome. Um, go get happy money. Amazon, Ken's website. Ken, what's the best way people can find out about you, your work? What's the best website people can connect to find out uh, more? Thank you for asking. Uh, you can find all the information at KenHonda.com. So you can Google my name, Ken Honda, and KenHonda.com will show up and also the Facebook page. So Ken Honda, Honda is in the car, so it's probably easy to remember. Ken Honda, folks, www.kenhonda.com to uh, find out more about Ken, his work, what he's up to. And, uh, you know, I remember speaking to Ken, he was telling me that Happy Money is, yes, the book, but also a movement. And so to find out how he's changing lives through the Happy Money movement and the book, uh, go to www.kenhonda.com. We'll post the link in the show notes. Ken, I love you, man. Arigato. Thank you for Arigato. coming Arigato. Thank you so much. Everyone, check out Ken's book, Happy Money. And uh, shoot me an email. Let me know how you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to connecting with you all in the next episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Make sure you download and share this episode with everyone in your life. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.